0: Please pray with me, Lord God. We pray that you would send your Holy Spirit upon us now, Lord, and that He would soften our hearts, that He would open our ears and our minds, Lord. He would prepare us for Your Word to take root within us, Lord, to be firmly planted inside us. Speak to us this morning, Lord God, and we pray that in Your grace and in Your mercy, that You would give us a voice, Lord, to speak of our faith. Lord God, please put your words in my mouth that I might be faithful in proclaiming them this morning. And we pray that you would bless us all with a deep and powerful encounter with you today. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Morning. Morning! It is so great to see you all. Well, I've been conducting some informal market research Uh, recently. I was at Safeway walking around and looking for items that were labeled new or improved. Right? And there's quite a few things on the shelf. It's pretty exciting uh, to look for those things. And most often when they do it, it's usually labeled in yellow, like where it says new, with red writing is what I find most frequently. I don't know. You can let me know what your results are in the future, because now you'll be paying attention to that. One of the most exciting things I found were Scotch-Brite pads. (laughs) Huh? Huh? Uh, How many of you have thought, I wonder when Scotch-Brite will come out with something new? (laughs) All right, well, here is your answer. Uh, Scotch-Brite, you can send royalties to 235 South Church Street for this advertising. Um, So let's see. This is a six-pack, and they're called Stay Clean Non-Scratch Scrub Sponges. Won't trap food, dot, dot, dot. (laughs) Guaranteed. Huh? Won't trap food, guaranteed. On the back, it gives you some instances. It shows a nice purple pan. And then it says, even eggs and cheese won't stick. What are these things made of? (laughs) That's amazing. We should just make the pan of this. I mean, then you don't have to worry about it. Make your counters and plates all make them out of these scotch fry pads. And no cleanup at all. Just squeeze it out and you're done. It's amazing. These are going in the church kitchen when I'm done in here, because I cannot wait to do some product testing on this. (laughs) All right, it's going to be exciting. New, new. Um, But new is not always what we want, is it? Sometimes new is exactly what we want, like maybe the scotch Brite thing, right? But um, sometimes that quest for something new leads us to a place that we don't necessarily want to go. Take, for instance, April 23rd, 1985, Right, two soda makers were going head to head for um, the crown of top soda, top obesity maker. Right, they wanted to be the one. Right, and so who were the two slugging it out? Pepsi Pepsi Cola and Coca Cola. That's right. And Pepsi had a slight edge. Man, they were gaining faster than Coke was. Coke had been there forever. It was kind of you know like a mom and apple pie. It was just kind of American, but. It didn't have it wasn't catching on with the younger generation. Pepsi was kind of edgier. New generation. new generation, yeah. So Coke came up with this idea of how they could rebrand themselves and move on to conquest of the soda industry. They came up with new Coke. New Coke. That's right, and wasn't it delicious? Yes. Didn't Americans love it? It was their tool, man. Coke went from glory to glory. Yeah, crash, right? Nobody wanted new Coke. Nobody wanted new Coke. Completely crashed and burned. Like Crystal Pepsi, yeah. And so what did Coke have to do? Go back. And so what did they sell? Coke? Classic. 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 And they went back to this like swirly script and everything, right? And it's still there. They're still sticking with it. They learned their lesson. It's kind of like an internal joke new Coke is, at least. Because they're they're totally into Coke classic now. People wanted the old thing. And you know what the remarkable thing is? Is through that massive failure they had, Coke actually won. Right? They came out better than ever. So what do you know? Sometimes you put out something new, it goes terribly, you put back the old stuff, and everyone's like, I love the old stuff. (laughs) Right? So that's how it worked for Coke. Now, in Jeremiah, we read about the new covenant, the new covenant, and that concept of new is compelling to human hearts. It was compelling to hearts, not just to us today in America, but hearts back in the Old Testament too. People yearned for something new. Now, they weren't getting like new markets plugged to the, or new products plugged to them all the time. They didn't have you know like Fifth Avenue trying to sell them stuff all the time or Madison Avenue. Uh, instead. They hear in the Old Testament about a new covenant that was coming, a new agreement. How do covenants work? Any of you guys deal with covenants ever in your life? Yeah. Yeah, like you might have, you might live in like a community that has a covenant, right? Uh, I just signed up for some new life insurance the other day. And is that a covenant? Yes, it is. There are terms to the agreement, and one of the things they were, there's several things they required in me. See if you can guess them. Health, Health, right? And how did they check for my health? A physical, they drew blood, right? Blood. The covenant required blood, right? Nothing has changed since the Old Testament, right? It is still working that way today. Blood was required, and money, right? They want money, too. Surprise that. They want my whole medical history, right? They're calling my doctor to find out about me. Do they want that stuff because they care about me as a person? Because they want to see me be healthy and happy and fulfilled as a human being? They want to know I'm a good investment, right? Because if I die, what happens? They pay. If I live, I pay. That's right. That's right. So they want me to live, not because they care about me and my family, but because they want the money. That's how covenants work, right? There is an agreement between two parties. There's terms to the agreement. If one side drops their, does not fulfill their terms, then the covenant is is null and void. It doesn't continue anymore. That's how the old covenant worked. It was a covenant between God and people. And when you have a covenant, an agreement between one, per, one party who is infinitely, power, infinitely, infinitely powerful, infinitely wise, um, infinitely faithful, and a group who's us, who do you think is going to let down their side of the agreement? Right, it's like a tug-of-war between a freight train and a kitten, right? It might be engaging and cute and sweet, but is the cat going to win? No, it's not going to win. That's how it was. And so humans dropped their side of the covenant, even while God was faithful. And so in Jeremiah, there was a prophecy that something better was coming, something new and improved. It would still be called a covenant, but it would be totally different. God says through Jeremiah, The days are surely coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. It will not be like the covenant that I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, a covenant that they broke, though I was their husband, says the Lord. This new covenant is going to be exciting, right? It's new, it's beautiful, it's shiny. Notice who's doing the making of the covenant. The Lord says, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. So who makes the covenant? The Lord. the Lord. He came up with the idea, right? It wasn't a team of people doing market research. It was the Lord saying, this is what the people need. They need a new covenant. He is the one who came up with the idea. So what will make this new one better than the old one? Which is always something we should compare, right? Where are new scotch Bright pads better than old scotch Bright pads? What's the difference? Well, in the first covenant, we'll call it the Mosaic Covenant. The Ten Commandments were given to the people as a standard for their behavior. You all know the Ten Commandments, right? Yeah, Yeah, we just read them today, right? Um, Those laws were written down on tablets of stone. But here we see something different in the new New Covenant, it uh, Jeremiah tells us, but this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my law within them and I will write it on their hearts, on their hearts. The new covenant will have new packaging, right? It will not be written on stone tablets because stone tablets have drawbacks. What are some of the drawbacks of a stone tablet? They can break, they can break right? They found that out real quick when they got them. Right? The first set were broke, thrown to the ground and broken. And what, what else can happen to them? They can get lost. They're heavy. Right? Yeah, they wear away. That's right. If you love them and carry them around all the time, they're going to wear away. Like we see the marble steps of old buildings wear away. Same thing. Absolutely. They can be smashed, lost, or forgotten. Right? So you can go to a dinner party and be like, "Ah, oh, forgot the covenant. Right? Forgot the covenant. I, I was probably not supposed to do something, you know, but I forgot it. Right? You can use an excuse like that. Now, if it's written on your heart, what excuse do you have? No excuse. Uh, that's right. And where can you leave it? Nowhere, because Nowhere, it's always with you. And that is so much easier, isn't it? And harder, too, right? Because then there is no excuse, right? It's always with you, written on your heart. There's no wiggle room. There's no forgetting, right? It is there. Well, how else will it be different? The Lord says, I will be their God, and they shall be my people. No longer shall they teach one another or say to each other, know the Lord, For they shall all know me from the least of them to the greatest, says the Lord. God promises to be their God in this new covenant. And there seems to be no condition on that relationship. There is no writer that states that God is indemnified and held harmless if humans fail their side of the agreement. There is no... um, super fast-talking person at the end of the commercial saying, not valid in California, Hawaii, in 14 other states, right? There's none of that. There's no small print that scrolls up the screen real quick. Right? There's none of those things. Indeed, the promise here is that God is their God and they are his people. Period. Not only that... But the chain in which people received information from the Lord, which we see particularly in the book of Exodus, right, where God would speak to Moses, Moses would speak to leaders, leaders would speak to sub leaders, sub leaders would speak to leaders of families, leaders of families would speak to the people in their families, right, kids would speak to their little dolls or whatever, you know, like that trickle down thing doesn't seem to be here. Instead, God speaks to each and every person. And they all know him. Then we get to the most distinguishing feature of this new covenant. God tells us, I will forgive their iniquity and remember their sin no more. You see, the problem with the old covenant was that it depended upon the people upholding the law. And that worked perfectly never. It never worked right. What was happening when Moses was on the mountain getting the Ten Commandments? They were making the golden calf down at the bottom of the mountain, right? They were breaking like the First and Second Commandment. They were making an idol, and they were also calling it God, right? They'd forgotten that God is the Lord their God, and they had made an idol. It was all done, of course, under the careful observation and facilitation of the priest, Aaron, right? who was supposed to prevent those kind of things. But here, the promise is that in this new covenant, the sins of the people will be forgiven and forgotten by the Lord. Just gone. Jeremiah was looking forward to this new covenant. He was eager to see it come about. But it did not take place during his lifetime. But you and I, we know this new covenant. It is written in the blood of our Savior, Jesus Christ. This new covenant is not just new packaging with slightly changed ingredients. It is totally new and infinitely better. The new covenant is that through faith in Jesus Christ, you and I can have absolute forgiveness of sins and eternal life. That God can pour his love into us his Holy Spirit upon us. The terms of this covenant were signed upon the cross when Jesus, standing in our place, took our punishment for us so that we could receive his mercy and his righteousness. The covenant was finalized in the resurrection where Jesus proved that he had the power to carry out what he promised. You and I, we are recipients of the best deal ever. Remember the kitten in the freight train? Right in the new covenant, there is no kitten in the freight train. God makes a covenant with himself. Jesus Christ, on behalf of us, in covenant with the Father. And who's going to fail that covenant? Nobody. So the terms of the covenant are guaranteed forever for us broken people. And I am not kidding when I'm telling you this is the best deal ever. There is no downside. Forgiveness of sins, reconciliation with God, reconciliation with our neighbor, eternal life. Do you see, I mean, is there like a bad side to this one? And it's free? It's amazing. We turn to Jesus in faith, and we are recipients of a covenant that never fails and provides benefits for all eternity. There are many things that promise to be new and improved, but there is only one thing that is worth putting our faith in. May we trust in Jesus Christ and receive the blessings of the new covenant today. And I know that many of us have put our faith in Jesus Christ a long time ago, and we've been living in that faith since that time. And so may we today, though, reestablish that relationship. May we, may we just turn to Jesus Christ and say, Lord God, renew in me the joy of the covenant. Show me how much you love me. Help me to love you as well. And may this day mark a turning point in our life as Christians as we seek to love him, to know him, to serve him, and ultimately to receive his grace more and more. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you that you make a covenant with us broken and needy people. Thank you, Lord God, that you offer us a covenant, which is the most amazing thing that we could ever ask for or imagine. Help us, Lord God, to receive the free gift of your grace. Lord, it does not depend upon our behavior or our observance of the covenant, Lord, but it is established in your blood. Help us to receive this, Lord, and to rejoice and to share this joy with others, Lord, to share this message of reconciliation with people all around, Lord, so that they might know the hope as well that we share in you. Lord God, give us words. Give us words to share with people who are needy, Lord. Give us hearts which yearn to be lived out in compassion to Um, the people we come into contact with. Lord, and may we be people of peace and people of joy, knowing that you have given us more than we could ever ask for or imagine. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.